Welcome to the Mind Over Matter podcast with Heather Hakes, where mindset is everything. Thank you for joining me for today's podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review. This podcast is designed to help open your awareness to the truth of who you are, a limitless being. You are worthy and deserving of an abundant and prosperous life. It's time to peel back the false beliefs and live the life you dream about. For additional resources or to contact me directly, please visit my website, heatherhakes.com. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to episode number 436. In today's podcast, my guest is sharing with you how to build unstoppable confidence. I love his backstory. I love what he has accomplished. He imagined this dream and now he's living his reality and so can you. Welcome to today's interview. I brought on Kevin Palmieri. Kevin, welcome. Heather, thank you for having me. I'm excited to chat today. Well, it is so nice having another fellow podcaster. So I know like this is just part of your wheelhouse, but I'd love for you to give a little background. Where do you live and what do you do? Uh, I live in Nashua, New Hampshire. And Heather, as she said, I am the host, the CFO and the co-founder of Next Level University. I get to podcast for a living, which I'm very, very, very grateful for. At one point, that was just a dream for me. Okay, well, wait, let's just start there. Just a dream for you, because we, we've been chatting for quite a bit right now, but I truly believe that our beliefs, our thoughts, everything that that creates our reality. Are you familiar with Neville Goddard? Mm-mm. Okay, so I love Neville. He was real popular back in like the 50s and 60s. But his big thing was that imagination creates reality. That whatever you can like vividly, you know, Olympic athletes do this. A lot of athletes do this, right? You visualize and you visually rehearse and you like, as the, and the brain doesn't know the difference between an imaginal act and reality. So what did you say that triggered all that? That, but you know, but, oh, your dream was to be podcasting and now you're doing it. Yeah. I was interviewed on a podcast. And after the podcast, I said to my friend, I said, imagine if you could do that for a living. And he said, you know, you can, right? And that planted the seed in my brain. I went out and bought the equipment. And then as I told you behind the scenes, when I was seven episodes in, so for context, we're 975 in. When I was seven episodes in, I recorded an episode and said, my dream life is to wake up when I want, to go to the gym, spend time with my loved ones, interview amazing people, and just be my own boss. Imagine what that would be like. Pardon the interruption. If this content is resonating with you, please be sure to leave a five-star review. I want to offer you some additional resources. Visit my website, heatherhakes.com and sign up for my free video training on how to reprogram your subconscious mind. I also offer one-on-one coaching. I will help you create clarity and a roadmap so you can live the life you dream about. Best part, everything I teach, you can start implementing right now. To learn more and apply, visit heatherhakes.com. Now back to regular programming emotionalized it on the podcast. Imagine what that would feel like. And then here we are. And that's what I get to do. But I do believe the reason is because I held it in my imagination long enough where a lot of other things just go away when they don't seem quote unquote realistic. So you had this dream, you created belief, you took action, you stayed consistent. What's the winning formula? I feel like I just told it, but what's the winning formula? Yeah, that's, those are all important. I I think for most humans, they have to find the belief or they have to borrow the belief. So I borrowed the belief 
I learned the strategy. And then we, so we believe that the mastery formula is you prep, you rep, you reflect, and then you perfect. So prep, you show, you pretend like, okay, what's going to happen? How do I prepare for the presentation I'm about to put on? Prep, rep, you show up and you do it. Reflect, you watch your stuff back, whether it's the experience or actual, and then you perfect by making it better next time. That is what we have done every single day for the last five years, really. Yeah, that's rad. (laughs) Well, and one, I love that it's a simple four-step process, Mm -hmm. but all of us can use this in any area of our life, right? Sports, business, uh, going on dates, job interviews, it doesn't matter. So let's say it again, prep, rep, reflect, perfect. So you're being very mindful and intentional. Everything. I mean, everything you do is a potential presentation. Again, Heather's a podcaster. I'm a podcaster. That is how we do it. Every single episode we get off and say, what could we have done a little bit better? Where did we do really well? A 1% win, a 1% improvement. That's if you focus on improving a little bit every day and unconditioning a little bit every day, your life in five, 10, 15, 20 years can be drastically different than it is today. Now let's get clear that you're, it's not about beating yourself up and I didn't do a good job. And it's like, no, looking at it. Oh, okay. Are you talking about what went well, what you did well, what you want to continue? And then also like, oh, here's where I think we could tweak it. Yeah. Grateful ambition is, is the, the filter that we try to live through. I am grateful for everything that I have. I'm grateful for the opportunity that I was just on stage, but I am ambitious to be a little bit more polished or my message land a little bit better or a more efficient storyteller, whatever it is, grateful, stay in gratitude, but ambition. I want to get to the next level of my life as well. You want to reach more people. You want to impact. Yes. That's amazing. So wait, time out because I mean, you're younger, early thirties. How did you, I mean, this is like, a mindset piece of it. This is a lot of self-discipline. You have clarity, you have stress. Where did you get all these tools? <laughs> the, the consistency part I've, I mean, I've been lifting weights since I was 16. So I've been lifting weights for 17 years. That'll help you with a consistency aspect. I partnered up with somebody who is very future oriented. And then I think this is where people get held back, Heather. There's three beliefs that you must have as a human being. It, you must believe it is humanly possible. So is it possible as a human for me to run 75 miles an hour? Not yet. Does not exist. It's not possible. Is it possible for you? Can you do it with your circumstances and your abilities? Part three, will it be worth it? I've always thought this would be worth it. So I was willing to say like, what do I need to learn? I need to learn about finance. Okay. Give me the book or I'll watch YouTube or I'll learn math courses. I just think that the answers are all out there, but it's whether or not you're willing to start looking for them. And I really, it really is this simple, Heather. We have focused for the last five years, every single day on just getting a little bit better 1% every single day. That, that's it. Like It's just a compound effect of 975 episodes, however many interviews, hundreds, thousands of coaching calls. It's just the, the compound effect. So early on, or maybe even sometimes still today, because you are human, what have you done when you have those limited beliefs, self-doubt? Like, how did you go all in, as Tony Robbins would say, burn the fucking boats? Mm. Because a lot of, uh, sorry, just real quick, a a lot of entrepreneurs or, or starters, like you get excited, it's exciting, but it is hard and self-discipline. And then 
I mean, there are times when I've been like, oh, and then I look at jobs and maybe I apply to some, I haven't been all in I because I'm stuck in self-doubt. So how have hmm. you come over that? I attached it to something greater than myself. So I just have a big, big why. Uh, part of my story, Heather, I was a six-figure earner in my mid-20s, and I ended up sitting on the edge of a hotel bed debating suicide because I was so miserable. I was so out of alignment. I was so unfulfilled. I felt stuck. I felt trapped. I felt hopeless. I felt helpless. When you go all the way to hell no, it's a lot easier for you to go all in on hell yes. And I don't ever want somebody to go through what I went through. I believe that if self-improvement and personal development were more accessible and acceptable by human beings, the world would be a better place. So I can't go get another job because if I do, I'm not able to do my mission. And I, like to your point, my car broke down a couple of years ago. I couldn't get it fixed. It would stall at red lights. We're talking movie stuff, but it was never an option for me to go back because if I'm not doing my purpose, I'm not that happy. I'm just not as happy as I could be. I'd rather be broken on, on the journey and in alignment than wealthy and off the path. And miserable. But I think what you, the key word you had, I love that you used there was, it was your mission. This has become your mission and your purpose. And that's something we touched on before we were recording. So let's talk about that, right? Life of joy and happiness. I feel like people market this, but what does it really mean? It means being on purpose, being in alignment. And this, these are the two words that I use with you behind the scenes. When you're happiest, when you're most enjoying the process, I believe is when you're the most fulfilled. And when you're fulfilled, it's not necessarily you have an easy pleasure-filled day. It's a, it's a life of growth and contribution. You grow towards what you're growing towards and what you really want to impact. And you're contributing to something greater than yourself. And I believe if you see people out there and you say, how do they do that every day? How do they show up when they're afraid? How do they learn these things? It's probably because they're doing it from a place of inspiration not motivation. Motivation is fleeting. Inspiration is not. Inspiration is something that is inside of you. Now, does it come and go in terms of the amount? Maybe, maybe, but it's always there in some way, shape, or form. And you got to tap into inspiration more than motivation. Okay. I love that you just touched on that because I feel like one, nobody needs more motivation. Mm. I a hundred percent agree. It is about inspired action. You got to feel that it comes from within out. And yesterday, someone commented, it's actually somebody I know, he was seeking advice. And he's like, Heather, I know you get paid to give pet talks and motivational speaks, but I'm really seeking advice. Number one, I was kind of like, you think that I give pep talks and motivational speeches? I'm like, oh my God, if that's what he thinks, then clearly my messaging is not clear. That is not what I do at all. But all I want to say there is you are right. We don't need more motivation. Mm. It's got to come from within. And something else yeah. I feel like you shared with me that you think is important is the power of accountability. Talk about that. Yeah. So every, I believe every single person wants, um, they want different or improved or contrast from where they are. For most people, it's not lack of knowledge. Knowledge is highly accessible now more than it's ever been. The problem is the consistency and commitment to show up. Really think about this. If Heather, I know you're a self-starter and you're very disciplined. I'm very similar in that regard. But say one of us struggled with fitness 
And I messaged Heather one day and I said, Heather, I'm really struggling to get to the gym. Can you and I have like an accountability check-in every day where you send me the picture of you walking into the gym and I'll do the same? That way I know I'm letting you down if I don't do it. I think that if you build in the fear of letting somebody else down based on the fact that you're going to get a better result or you're going to improve yourself or you're going to raise your standards and your self-esteem and your self-belief, if you can tap into that part of accountability, you're going to be way more successful. And most human beings are obligers by nature. They will do more for others than they'll do for themselves. A lot of us have a negative relationship with that because people walk on our boundaries. But if you can use that as power for yourself, your life is going to look completely different because you're going to start doing things you never did before. Well, and I, I think the accountability, if you even attach that to your mission or your purpose, yeah. your why can hold you accountable, right? Yeah, that's, that's part of it. I mean, I think it does help when you say it publicly because here's, here's why. I mean, we say it to our listeners all the time. We'll never miss. Well, we've never missed an episode. We never will. It's not going to happen. I'll, I will die before committed. I miss. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's out there and anybody can call me out on my BS. And that's the extra motivation of we're not going to miss. We won't miss. This is who we are. Okay. Time out. Now I, I hear, and I get what you're saying. So I want to share a real world example. Cause I feel like a lot of times in podcasts, they, they just talk surface level, but I'm like, connect it. I, I want to hear a real world example. So something I did the end of March, have you heard of the David Goggins four by four by 48 challenge? Mm -mm. So you run four miles every four hours for a 48 hour period. And I'm a runner. I love running. I have since it's like my moving meditation. And I didn't think it would be that hard. I remember I reached out to my buddy who's an ultra runner, lives up in Montana, runs literally on the weekends for shits and giggles, like 20 miles. That's just what Dan does. So anyway, I reached out to Dan last fall and I was like, can't be that hard, right? Four, four miles every four hours. And he's like, nah. So the accountability part, you're right. I, I like publicly from the rooftops announced I'm doing the four by four by 48 this weekend. And you know what? Thank God I publicly announced that because I remember I started at 6 p.m. on Friday. So I had to run at 6 p.m., 10 p.m., 2 a.m. When I got up for that 2 a.m. run, I, I was like in such a fog and I was like, what am I doing? Why? I could have easily gone back to bed mm -hmm. and I almost did. If I hadn't publicly announced I was doing it because I had accountability now, I'm not a, you know, a public quitter. Um, I kept going. Mm -hmm. So you're right. I, I understand that power of yeah. announcing accountability. There's a huge difference between like, think of the a marathon, right? We had the, I live close to Boston somewhat. We had the Boston marathon a couple months ago. People, if you just said, I'm going to run 26.2 miles six months from now, Versus saying, hey, I'm collecting donations so I can enter the Boston Marathon. If you're, you know, raising $10,000 to do the marathon, you're going to run that thing because you there's so much public accountability. But I think it's the same. It's a double-edged sword where the same thing that will get you to do it is also very scary of what if I let people down? What if I look bad? What if I fail? So you really have to get over that fear of failure and say, look, you're, you're going to be way more successful. Even if you screw it up at first, you'll, you're going to learn from it. And you'll get way further than you would if you didn't have the accountability. Well, and I think that a lot comes down to perspective. I don't believe in failure. I love the acronym um, for fail first attempt and learning. Mm. 
even relationships, any relationship that didn't go well, or, you know, I, I've started many different brands or businesses. I learned from every single one of those. I don't believe any of them were failures. Yeah. But it it's comes only, down. Go ahead. Sorry, I was, I was going to say it's only fail a failure if it's final and you stop oh. and never, ever learn from it and don't do anything. So I a hundred percent agree. And you shut down. So what I want to talk about is perspective. And I asked you, hmm. what is mindset to you? What does it that mean? Mindset to me is if you are a big robot, it is the operating system that you have within you. It is the thing that you see life through. It is the filter. It is the lens that every experience you have and every day is lived through. So if your, if your mindset is a fixed mindset, Carol Dweck wrote a wonderful book on this mindset. And if it's fixed, that means what is, is. And there's not a lot you can do about it. You can't really change. You can't, learn, can't really learn that much. If you fail, it's the end of the world. But if you have a growth mindset, you're able to say, you know what? It's not a big deal. I learned so much. I'll get better next time. Uh, just because I'm where I am right now doesn't mean I'm here forever. So I believe that it really is the filter with which you see the entire world from, and you get the results based on your mindset as well. Well, and what you touched on there is having that growth mindset. Something that I live from is curiosity. Mm. You know, I'm very curious. What, what can I accomplish? What can I achieve? And not that I'm trying to prove myself, you know, like I don't feel like I have to be a New York times bestseller to be a good author. Um, but your big thing on the growth mindset in order to have that next level in your life, in order to be that 1% better every day, wouldn't you have to have a growth mindset? 100%, 100%. And it's interesting because I think that so many of us were raised with fixed mindsets that we end up trying something new and we don't get results and we wonder why and we think we're broken and we think certain things aren't possible for us when really it is that mindset shift of when you are filled with a mindset of, lack, not enoughness, not possible, you are limiting yourself. So it's like having a car that can go 200 miles an hour, but you have the governor on hundred, you can only go half speed where if you have a growth mindset and everything is a little bit more possible than it was yesterday, obviously your results are going to reflect that. So what tools or techniques would you want to teach somebody about having that growth mindset, opening the perspective, persevering just one more time, one more lap. Mm. Very similar to what you and I talked about behind, behind the scenes, Heather. I had a call with somebody recently and I said, where do you want to be in the future? And she said, here. And I said, where are you right now? And she said, I'm here. I said, where have you been in the past? And she said, I was here. I said, all right, walk me through the different identities of these people. 10 years ago, when you were an addict, what was your identity? This, 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 and this. Right now, what is your identity? This, 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 this. What identity must you adopt in order to get the life of your dreams? This, 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 this. I said, notice how your current and your past identity are closer together than your current and your future identity. That's where we need to start unconditioning. So I always think of it this way, Heather. When you are born, you are a seed. And when you are a seed, you are planted in soil that you have no control over. You have no control over where you're planted because you're young and you're just a baby and whatever. That's the way it is. Five, 10, 15, 20 years down the line, you're learning all this stuff and you're, it's just, ah, it's not landing. I don't feel like I'm getting the results I want. I don't feel confident. I don't feel capable. I don't know what the hell's going on. You have to understand that you're taking this nutritious soil from books 
and you're pouring it on that old toxic soil. And it's not getting to the seed. It's not getting to the root of who you are as a human being. So we have to go into your past. All change comes from the past. And then you bring it into the present so you can adjust your future. So that is always my thought is how do we get you to look into your past self? Because that is why you have the results you have today. You do not have the results you have today because of what you did yesterday. You have the results you have today because of what you've done over the last couple of years, over the last decade, over the last part of your lifetime. And I think it's so important to recognize that and go there, which is often painful. Or you don't want to admit it. So something Mm. Dr. Joe Dispenza says is that your personal reality is created by your personality and that most people try to create a new personal reality with the same personality. And you're right. So what I did with myself, and this was quite a while ago, I wrote down, I'm like, who have I been? Angry, impatient, self-doubt, inconsistent. Like I, I got real and I, I love writing because I need to see it all. And then I wrote down, okay, Heather, all these things that you want, who would you need to be? Mm-hmm. Consistent, abundant, compassionate, you know, whatever. And it's like, okay, then I got clear. Whoa, I saw the gap. And then, but for me, it is about building that mindset muscle. You have to do the reps. Like you're not going to wake up tomorrow and just be that person. So what would, you know, what do you do to keep yourself forward focused? Because it is easy to look in the rear view mirror. Yeah, I, I just, to your point, I do think it's the reps. You just have to show up. So many of us associate our performance or maybe not even the performance, but in, in this example, if you show up and you have a bad quote unquote performance, then you feel bad about yourself and you say, I can't do this because I had a bad day today. When then you have to check in with a growth mindset and say, no, no, no. What did I learn? What did I actually learn from today's performance that I can perfect next time I go? I just, as I've gone, I've adopted more and more and more and more of a growth mindset. And Heather, it took me 150 podcast episodes to feel confident. I remember when it crossed that threshold, I was like, whoa, I can actually do this now. This is awesome. And same for speaking, same for coaching. Most people tap out long before they cross the chasm from competent or incompetent, quote unquote, to competent, at least feeling that way. When if you just kept going, yeah. you'd, you'd learn the things. I always use the video game analogy. On the first level, you might find a hammer in a video game. You might not use it in the second level or the third level or the fourth level or the fifth level. When you get to the sixth level, you're going to say, oh my God, I need this hammer. Good thing I kept going. Good thing I hung on to it. I think life is very similar to that. Okay. So first of all, I appreciate you being transparent and sharing that because you said you're on episode 975 hmm. and it took you 150 episodes, which I know that is a shit ton of work. <laughs> it took you 150 episodes before you're like, oh, I got the hang of this. Yeah. I, I've got this. And I want to share with you kind of the same. I remember my early podcast sucked, <laughs> but I got started. And I remember I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I used to write out a script or type it out. And then um, I, I used to do it from like my MacBook um, garage band. That's where I would record because that way I could like read it, but I tried not to sound like I was reading it. So anyway, the point is, look, we both didn't know what we were doing. We just got in there, started taking action, and we figured it out along the way. And at some point, we created confidence and belief, and we just keep going. Mm -hmm. What if, this is the question I would ask to anybody out there watching or listening, 
what if the only thing stopping you from getting to where you want to get to is belief? Because if you believed it was possible, you'd start to learn the right things. That was my biggest thing. And that's why I'm so passionate about it is I did not believe in myself. I might seem like a confident human being now. I still have my days and I'm still not as confident as I'd like to be. But the reps, the competence help you build confidence. When I first learned to drive, I was not confident in my ability to drive. But, you know, 15, 16, 17 years later, I'm, I can do it with my eyes closed. Not safely, but I can move the car with my eyes closed. And I think life is that. That is a good example for life. You become more confident as you practice something more, but you got to get through that chasm of potentially sucking. Just know that you will suck less later. One of my favorite quotes, Heather, that is the worst you'll ever do it. Oh, that is the worst you'll ever do it. This is the worst uh, episode I'll ever do up like right now in this, in this moment, tomorrow, I'll be a little better. The next day I'll be a little better in this moment. This might be the worst I'll ever do. That's okay. That's all right. I love that. Okay. Here, here's wow. This is something I just wrote down. Are you familiar with the 80, 20 rule as it relates to mindset? Uh, I don't know if it's to my, is it Preto's principle? Uh, well, this one is about any, any success in life derives from 80% mental or psychology, 20% mechanics or strategy. Mm. And I've actually heard somebody else phrase it as more like 90, 10, 90% belief and mindset, 10% strategy mechanics. What I want to share with that. And I'm, I wonder if you experience this, especially in podcasting, I went all in, in my business and website early on, I went all in with strategy you know, setting up offer, figuring out copy, um, funnels, all that BS. Mm. But I did not have belief. I sat in a lot of self-doubt. I experienced a lot of imposter syndrome. Who am I to do this? And now I realize, again, hindsight 2020, had I first worked on the mindset piece of it and really created belief, that mission-driven, that mentality that you talked about, had I gone all in on that first, and then figured out strategy and the how to, I feel like I, I would have been way further along. Yeah, I agree 100%. You can have the best strategy in the world, but if you don't believe it'll work, it doesn't matter. And I think the other part of it too is in a weird way, you can't really build a successful strategy without a successful mindset because you don't have the right filter to look through. So I agree, I agree 100%. And I think that's why, that's why doing it for long enough when you build up the belief that, you know what, I can do this. Like, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to keep going. You start to learn things that you can put into your tool belt and things start to make sense. If we stopped 150, 149 episodes in, Heather and I wouldn't be talking today because I would assume I couldn't be a podcaster. Now, since I have the belief, I can strategize, right? I, can, I am heavy into strategy now because I have the belief that either way, I'm going to continue going. The strategy is not necessarily the thing that'll make or break me. It will help me in some way, shape, or form, but it's because I have the belief that I'm going to do this long enough for it to matter anyway. You know, that's something, and I, I want to hear your perspective or what you've done, but something that helps me is if I, I'm feeling that self-doubt or whatever, mm. and I don't think it's possible, if I find evidence of somebody else doing it, it's that whole, whole four-minute mile principle. Somebody else did it. Now I can create belief. I can do it too. So as an example, Sarah Blakely, love her, founder of Spanx, self-made female billionaire. If Sarah Blakely can do it by simply wanting to support women, literally with undergarments, 
and doing something she loves or find another podcast or find a blogger or find a, whatever the thing is that you're interested in, find evidence. Somebody else did it to help you create that belief and you can do it too. Yep. hundred percent. I think that people compare them. So we, we hear people oftentimes say comparison is mm. a bad thing. I think, um, unmeasured or undirected comparison can be dangerous. Mm. I think people compare themselves to a couple different versions. If you lack confidence, you probably compare yourself to the average, whatever the average in your industry is, average, whatever that means to you, whatever the average is. If you have a relatively high level of self-belief, you might compare yourself to the best in the world. If you are somebody who believes in yourself 10 out of 10, you compare yourself to your potential. That way you're always comparing to something, you know, that you're going to be stretching for. So to your point, I think it depends on where you are. If you're really struggling compare to the average, because guess what? You might be doing better than the average, right? Yeah. How many podcasters have a hundred episodes and say, Oh, I suck. No, you don't compare to the average. You made it 79 episodes further than most do. Awesome. Us. I'm comparing to the best. I want to compare to the best, the, the most listened to the most, monetized podcast, I want to compare to that. The next step in my um, evolution is comparing to the, the maximum of me. What can I do? What is my peak performance look like? What is my maximum potential look like? That way you're always having something to aspire to. But curious on that, mm. since we've never been there, if you're aspiring to be that next level, that next version, that whatever, but you've never been there, how can you even think that big? It's very difficult. I don't have that. That's not a, that's not a thought process. I have my business partner has that. I think it's, that's reserved for very, 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 very few people. The visionaries, the visionary, the Elons, the uh, Steve Jobs, the Jeff Bezos, that kind of person, they can see something that does not yet exist. I am not that full disclosure. I, yeah. I compare to the best in the world because I want to know where the ceiling is and where the floor is. That's something I always say is where's the ceiling. Joe Rogan, where's the floor? Me, episode seven, that's kind of the floor. Where are we in the grand scheme of things? We're way closer to the ceiling than we are the floor. Okay, cool. That helps me build belief. So to your point, I look at the proof, but so many of us look at proof that doesn't even exist anymore. It's like, well, I remember that last speech I gave five years ago really sucked. It's like, well, yeah, so what? You're five years older. You're, you're five years more capable. You got to look at the new proof, not the old stuff. Yeah. You know what else I talk about often is letting go of what is. Because I feel like what people trip up on is talk, they keep telling the same story of what's not working or they're not good enough or it's never going to happen for me. So what is something that you would suggest for somebody that has that negative feedback loop that's keeping them stuck? Again, look for the proof. But so this is, this is a challenging one for me, Heather, because Alan and I, my business partner, we were at a mansion in California interviewing somebody and they started talking about business. And this, this person was talking about Tony Robbins. He was on Tony Robbins jet. Alan's pitching and catching business. And I got super insecure. So insecure. I, I shelled up and I said, ah, I don't want to be here. This is terrible. And I said, Alan, I don't, I don't feel good enough. I don't feel smart enough when it comes to business. And Alan said, well, what if you're just not yet? What if, what if you just haven't studied business enough yet? That was the journey to me focusing on learning every single day. So I want to make this a positive spin. The, there's a possibility that you aren't there yet. And 
that's empowering because that means you can actually get there. It doesn't mean you can't ever be there just because you're not. It means maybe it's time for you to focus on that leverage point. If you don't understand business, when's the last time you read a business book? If you don't understand wealth, when's the last, last time you read a wealth creation book? I think it's empowering to realize, oh, I've never studied it. That's why I don't know it. Okay, let me go study it and get better. So that's my frame all the time is how much have you studied it? Have you studied podcasting as much as I have? No. Okay, cool. That's a good, that's a good empowering thing for you to do. You can change your behavior now. Okay. I want to share this. It's, it's kind of in line, but Pam Grout, she's one of my most favorite authors. She's really big into quantum physics and manifesting, whatever. But um, I heard her talk last week and I wrote it down on this piece of paper. And what Pam said is an easy reframe when we're stuck in that negative story is break it. And you say up until now. Mm. So whatever your story is up until now, because it's like, oh, that creates a, a stop and now a fresh start. Now what's possible for me. Mm. So I love that. Thank you for sharing. Of course. So what I want to know, um, ultimately, oh, wait, no, 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 time out. I asked you what your billboard message to humanity is. Yes. So I'm going to butcher it. So could you tell us <laughs> something about your reality? Your reality becomes the parts of your imagination you hold on to the longest. We, as you said, and, and again, we had a good conversation before we started this. When you're young, anything is possible. Anything is possible because your imagination runs wild. But as we get older, people say, you can't do this. Be realistic. You got to do this, blah, blah, blah. You start to lose those parts of your imagination. But I believe that your reality, your future is going to become the parts of that imagination you hold on to the longest because those are the things you're going to stay focused on for the longest. When you lose your imagination, you lose focus. And then you just start living by accident versus on purpose in alignment. That's what I call going on autopilot mm -hmm. or you know, going through life's motions unconscious. hundred mm -hmm. percent. I've been there. I lived the first 25 years of my life that way. So I very, I'm very familiar with living unconsciously. So curious, what are you doing now? As an example, like what are your daily rituals? Is that a morning routine? Is that evening routine? How are you being mindful and intentional? So uh, I live in spreadsheets as I said, I'm very strategic now. Yeah. So yeah. I do 21 habits a day, every single day. Um, I haven't missed in however many months. So that's like, I am just very hammer the things that matter. But again, I think this is an important thing too, Heather, where my day to day is set up based on where I want to be in however many years. And our goal is to have the most successful podcast in the world in terms of self-improvement. So we want to have a multi-billion dollar company and, and so many amazing things. This is what we've determined that it will require or will be required of me to do that. You don't have to do that. You don't have to do that if you're out there because maybe you're not trying to quote unquote change the world. And that's really what we're playing for. So my the things that keep me on and in alignment are me checking the box every day. I understand that's very masculine and might seem very restricting to a lot of people, but for me, it works really well. And it's helped me make tremendous progress in the last five years. What do you think the top three out of those 21 daily habits? Like mm. if you didn't do, I know you do 21, but if you didn't do these three, how would they really derail you? Like what are those three most important? So it's broken up into health, wealth, and love. So I would say tracking finances. If you don't track your finances, you are not in as much of a position of power as you could be. So tracking finances, I track the business finances every day. I would say tracking my weight because again, health, wealth, 
And then every single night before I go to bed, my partner and I say the gratitude game. Like, what are you grateful for? What am I grateful for about you? I track that every day as well. So if I didn't do those three things, nothing else would matter at the level it does for sure. For sure. I like that you touched on gratitude because I, well, I remember back when I was in corporate on a whiteboard in my office at the very top said, have an attitude of gratitude. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I love how, uh, I think it's Dispenza that says it, that gratitude is the ultimate state of receivership, mm. receivership. <laughs> yeah. So mm. that's really important. Okay. I want to ask you, cause I feel like we've touched on a lot and I feel like we barely got started. What is a key takeaway you want listeners to get? Um, I really think that if you are capable of taking a step back and realizing that the results that you have gotten in your life are directly correlated to your conditioning, part of it allows you to take a little bit of ownership off, right? Like maybe the cards were stacked against you and you have to do a lot of unconditioning before you can start achieving the things that you want. That, that you really, really, really have to look into your past. I know we all want a bright, bright, bright future and we want amazing things in the future. For most people, getting what you want in the future is going to start with you looking at the things you don't want in the past. And that's that would be the thing that I would really lean on most. Yeah, I, I agree. And it is really understanding. I think for me, ultimately, it just comes down to awareness and there's no guilt, there's no blame, there's no shame. It's just becoming aware of your habits and your mentality and, and realizing I mean, I am so fully immersed in understanding the subconscious. I love Dr. Bruce Lipton. He really teaches this biology of belief. Mm -hmm. And there is no blame. But once you know, you know, the whole knowledge is power, I think applied knowledge is power. Mm -hmm. But once you know, then then do better. Mm -hmm. But now that you know, it's like, okay, take the time to self-reflect, to get clear on what you want, to unlearn all that BS belief systems and choose again. That's my big thing. Yep. 100%. You can't, yeah. it's very hard to do better if you don't know better. Yeah. It, you know, it's very hard. If you don't understand why you're doing what you're doing or how to do better, it's going to be very hard. But when you get in between there, when you learn to Heather's point, a lot of us go guilt first. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. I wasted so much time. Yeah. You can't focus on that. You didn't know. You just didn't know. When I was a baby, I probably walked into a bunch of things because I just wasn't aware that the TV was going to crack my head open. Now I don't do that anymore. Lesson learned. And I think awareness is always the first step. Awareness first. Yes. Okay. For time's sake, I'd love to wrap up the interview. So the first question I have for you is what is a quote or motto that you live by? Oh, man. Um, hmm. I will say the biggest difference between who you are and who you want to be is your habits. And I'll add to that in this interview is your conditioning and your habits. Yeah. Yep. Couldn't agree more. I've been talking about habits a lot lately. So that's <laughs> on point. What is a book you're currently reading or highly recommend? Uh, Mindset by Carol Dweck. Great, great, great book. If you're in business, um, Business Made Simple by Donald Miller is a world-class business book. And final question. What advice would you give your younger self? Oh man, Heather hit me with it. Um, I would probably say it's not your fault. Growing up without a dad, growing up without a lot of money, it's not your fault. These are your circumstances. These aren't necessarily things that you created. I think that would have helped me and practice forgiveness. When you feel comfortable and confident enough to practice forgiveness because 
holding grudges against people hurts you more than it hurts them usually. Yes. And what a great note to end on. Kevin, mm-hmm. thank you so much for joining me. Of course, Heather. I appreciate you. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. I'd love it if you could leave me a review and remember to subscribe and share this episode with your friends. If you haven't yet, connect with me on the social platforms. You can add me on Instagram at heather.hakes and subscribe to my YouTube channel. I'll catch you on the next episode.